Welcome into the Daily Wolves podcast. I'm Trip, joined as always by Evan. Follow us on Twitter at Daily Wolves at Not D Wolfson. You can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen at the Daily Wolves. Special guest, kick it over to Evan for some introductions, but certainly uh, looking forward to the conversation today. Yeah, special guest indeed. We have McCade on. Um, McCade covers the Utah Jazz on Twitter. And McCade, um, where can they find you on Twitter? So you can find me on Twitter at McCadep8. It's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. Um, yeah, I'm always doing out, tweeting out jazz stuff. I worked for a newspaper for a couple of years, uh, stepped away from that recently. So now I work in a more traditional mathy role. But you have a math degree, so I'm always tweeting out some sort of graph about some sort of player, about some sort of basketball thing. So come give me a follow. Perfect. And I'm glad we could have you on because I had you on a Twitter live previously and a lot of people missed the twitter live i've been receiving multiple direct messages people asking where they could find it it got lost way back and so we're kind of just gonna go over some of the stuff we might have already gone over uh everybody obviously in minnesota is still excited about the huge rudy gobert acquisition and kind of go over the jazz stuff but before we get into that uh a couple things real quick that we wanted to brush on uh happening in the Minnesota Timberwolves universe. So Trip, uh, Nathan Knight over here signing, uh, going from a two-way contract, and now he's finally getting a deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves on a standard deal. What do you think about it? I mean, yeah, I love it. I don't think he's going to play a ton this year, but he's kind of exactly what you want at the end of your bench, a young developmental guy with, with really high energy, um, solid player, can, can play two ways. Again, probably hope, you know, if, if the roster stays healthy, he won't play a ton, but definitely deserving – and, and kind of as you're filling out a deep roster, um, definitely the type of guy that you'd love to have at the end of your bench. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, I really like the contract too. Um, it's just a nice two years. So it's not, you're not like locked into him. They didn't sign him on like a four year. And I think and the first year is partially guaranteed second year team option. Yeah, which is nice. It gives the Timberwolves a lot of flexibility. And like next year, once they have, they're kind of going to start entering a little bit of cap hell next year because you yep. got all the contracts kicking in. You're going to have to sign. Anthony Edwards to the max contract, which he will definitely get. And then you're going to have Jaden McDaniels also probably do for some kind of uh, payday raise as well. So the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to need players that can fill out roles. And um, yeah, just having the flexibility, like you said, on the, on the second year is really nice. Um, so happy for Nathan Knight, super deserving kid. Um, they also, in the recent news, signed a player on a two-way contract, A.J. Lawson, played for the Dallas Mavericks in the G League. Uh, what'd you think of that signing? Another exactly kind of another similar situation where, you know, you, we've kind of got our foundation in place from, you know, I'd say guy one to one, I don't know, one through nine on this roster. So at this point it, it's, I've always been a fan of when you have a, a, a playoff team or a competitive team, um, why not fill out the roster and, and, you know, whether it's two way or a full, you know, an NBA contract, fill it out with young guys that, two, three years from now, once they're in your program for a while, you think could really develop into solid solid contributors off the bench. So kind of hoping that's what both of these guys will be for us at some point. Yeah, and A.J. Lawson's a guy who played in the Canadian League um, the other year and really looked for him to be kind of that scorer at all the different levels. A really lengthy dude, definitely needs to put some size on, but a guy that you take a swing on, um, not a bad pickup for a two-way contract, and they do have – Timberwolves have one two-way contract roster spot open now. Uh, so we'll see if they end up grabbing somebody else. I thought it was potentially going to go to Kevon Harris, who played great for us in the summer league, but he ended up uh, going with the Orlando Magic on a two-way contract. 
But yeah, enough of uh, you know that stuff. Let's move on to the juicy info of why we brought Kate on our special guest. Hey, today. Nathan Knight is juicy info. I like Nathan <laughs> Knight. I love when GMs put the team option on the fourth year of their career so they stay a restricted free agent. I had played in a 30 team fantasy basketball league and had Nathan Knight on my roster all last year. Like Nathan Knight's oh, really? juicy. Okay, we're good with Nathan Knight. Yeah, and and but we um, can talk about Rudy Gobert. I could talk about him for hours. So if you want to move on to that, that's fine. So Trip wasn't on with us last time, but like one of the coolest things uh, for Timberwolves fans listening right now that I found out about you, Cade, when when we back when we were going back and, and having our conversation was that you had sent me the original tweet of you kind of wanting the Jazz to go get Rudy Gobert and and everything. How, how did that come about? And like, what did you see about Rudy Gobert way, way back then before other people? So first of all, let me be clear. I'm not a draft guy. I love analyzing pro basketball. I love analyzing college basketball. I am not a scout draft guy by any means, anything like that. But, you know, 10 years ago, the Jazz are really bad. We had just lost Carlos Boozer, traded away Darren Williams. We're kind of playing this 500 team with Paul Millsap and fan favorite Al Jefferson, who I know you guys love as well. Um and we're just kind of floating around. So I kind of got into the draft for like a two-year period there back when I was, I was an obnoxious teenager at the time. Um, but yeah, I'd watched some of Rudy Gobert's basketball games back when he played for played in France and just fell in love with him as a prospect. And so I was totally like headed, like I was 100% team Rudy Gobert, probably about four to six months before the draft even started. Um, he ended up getting drafted by the Jazz. Thank you, Tim Connolly. We appreciate it. Um <laughs> Actually, so I went to the Jazz Arena for that draft night. Jazz had picks 14 and 21, traded up to nine for Trey Burke. Y'all remember that for Shabazz? And yep, Lee, yep. Right? You were that trade. Gorgie and Shabazz. Yep. Um, our plan was to go Giannis at 14, Rudy at 21, but we just Oof. couldn't pass up Trey Burke at nine. So there's your little Jazz history for you. Long story short, Rudy Gobert falls to 27, Jazz trade up and grab him. And so after they traded up for Trey Burke, everybody left. And when, when they drafted Rudy, there was like 70 of us there in the arena. Like it was just empty. And I did, everyone had gone home after they traded for Trey Burke. And so I went down, I was talking to some of the media guys and I was like, yeah, I love Rudy Gobert. I think he's going to be a hall of famer. And they just kind of looked at me weird. Like dude, he's the 27th pick. Like, what are you talking about? And I will admit it's like 99% luck, but it's still a cool story. I can tell people. Um, so yeah, I've been team Rudy since before the jazz drafted him. Um, I love Jazz Rudy Gobert. I've loved Western Conference All-Star Rudy Gobert. I've loved French Rudy Gobert. have all those jerseys. Um, and now I'm excited for Minnesota Timbulls Rudy Gobert. Although I will start out by saying I'm still a Jazz fan. That's where my heart is, regardless of where any player goes. But I do love Rudy Gobert as well. Yeah, I love the loyalty always to a team. People ask me all the time. I live in Phoenix. So I get asked all the time, like, oh, are you going to root for the Suns now? And I'm just – it still lies with with the loyal with my team, the the Minnesota Timberwolves, and so I can always respect somebody for for being a loyal fan. Um, so with the Timberwolves acquiring Rudy Gobert, he's a all defensive type player. Everybody hears about him, you know, defense, defense, defense. But what what does like Rudy Gobert bring um, to the team just besides defense? So Rudy Gobert will bring a unique leadership. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how that leadership is received in Minnesota. So Rudy is a very, very um, low-key personality, very easygoing, 
but very intense at the same time. The only thing he cares about is winning basketball games. Um, that's how he is in France. That's how he was with the Jazz. And so with that and the quirks in his personality, he can rub teammates the wrong way a little bit. Um, or he can rub teammates the right way a little bit. And because he's just so determined on winning, I'm sure most of the listeners have seen the quote where the Jazz are really struggling defensively. And Rudy Gobert was like, he didn't say it this directly. I'd have to look up the exact quote. He tried to, he was at least a little bit nicer, but he basically said, yeah, um, Devin Booker tries on defense now and Donovan Mitchell doesn't. Um, it was a little more nice than that, the exact quote, but that was definitely the main takeaway. And of course that rubs Donovan Mitchell and some other players the wrong way. On the flip side, if you have a team trying to chase a championship, that's a great thing to say. He keeps people accountable um, and he wants to win and he will do whatever it takes to win. So great leadership. Um, I'm interested to see how that is in the locker room in Minnesota, because that's one of the things that fell apart with the jazz is we lost all our glue guys. Um, George and Yang, Derek favors mostly Joe Ingles a little bit as well. And our locker room just fell apart because it was are you team Rudy or you team Donovan or whatnot, you know, Donovan had his little posse. Rudy had his little posse and that was that. So he's a great unifier to his group. Um, and so if the Timberwolves can stay as one unit, stay as one group, he's a great leader. Um, and yeah, does that answer your question there? Yeah, that, that definitely makes me a little nervous just thinking, I mean, I, I, uh, be interesting to see. I mean, I hope everyone gets along well. I mean, that's really, you can't win without that. I mean, you can get pretty close to like the jazz did, but, um, at times, um, at least in the regular season, one of the best regular season teams in the past few years, but, um, I, I, I'll be interested to see how him and D'Angelo Russell get along, but that's another story and for another day. Um, but what do you make as a Rudy Gobert fan? I'm sure you've seen it. I see it quite a bit. Um, what, what's your thought, you know, kind of on this national media narrative that, you know, you know Rudy Gobert, yeah, he's great at defense, but, you know, Donovan Mitchell was the team. Like, he's the leader. He's the winner. Like, Gobert's a good player, but you gave up a lot for him. Like, he, like I mean, what, what do you make of the national media? Basically, without saying it, effectively saying, like, yeah, that's Donovan Mitchell was the reason they were who they were. Well, we love points per game, right? We all love points per game for mm-hmm. better, for worse. But, you know, individual points per game doesn't mean much. You want a team net point per game is the only thing that really matters, right? Did your team score more than the opponent tonight? Um, the advanced numbers all back up, Rudy. So one thing we've done with Rudy Gobert the last few seasons that you'll probably see with the Wolves is the last two years, Rudy Gobert has played three stints per half. So he's played the first five minutes and then he comes in and dominates bench units and then he finishes the half. And that's been fantastic, specifically with Derek Favors and Hassan Whiteside, who were starting caliber centers, bad starting caliber centers, but starting caliber centers nonetheless. We can we could buy four minutes of you know Hassan Whiteside versus Car Anthony Towns, so Rudy Gobert could come in and dominate Nathan Knight, whoever it might be, right? And so I think you'll mm-hmm. continue to see that with the Wolves, where Rudy Gobert will probably play his three stints, and then Cat will play center in the middle parts of the quarters. Anyway. Back to your overall question, though, um, just it led to a lot of time of Rudy Gobert playing without Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell playing without Rudy Gobert. And when Rudy Gobert was on the court without Donovan Mitchell, they'd still outscore opponents by like 13, 14, 15 points per 100 possessions. And when Donovan Mitchell's on the court without Rudy Gobert, we were lucky to break even. Um, 
one thing I really want to get into on this podcast is Rudy Gobert's offensive game because that's where a lot of the questions are. And the reality is that Rudy Gobert is just such a floor raiser in this league on both ends of the floor that he just is, you know, a 50 win season on his own, a 10 uh, top 10 defense on his own, a top 10 offense on his own. He's just such an elite, elite all time floor raiser that you're just going to win a lot of games. And that just raising the floor from 41 wins to 50 wins on a team has a lot, a lot of value. You know, if the jazz were going to win a championship, it was going to be because Donovan Mitchell became a better player than Rudy Gobert. And that just never happened. Um, Donovan Mitchell just never hit that level or frankly even got close to it. And as I said, you can look at the advanced numbers. You can look at some more traditional numbers outside of points per game. You can just look at, you know, what happened. Um, And the reality is it just Rudy Gobert. I mean, all NBA teams is another one. Rudy Gobert has made four all NBA teams, which if you make four all NBA teams, you're basically a lock hall of famer. And Donovan Mitchell hasn't got close to an all NBA team. So. Yeah, I think, um, I think kind of piggybacking off that decade, you look at Donovan Mitchell and then you look at over in Minnesota. Now he's going to be uh, playing next to Anthony Edwards. And so do you think Anthony Edwards could, could like potentially have the ceiling or take that step to be what the jazz always wanted Donovan to get to? I think that's the question. I think that's what y'all have to be hoping for. You can win a playoff series with Rudy Gobert and Carlton Towns. You can probably win two playoff series. You can probably, you know, get to a game six or game seven of the Western conference finals. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to win a championship. If you want to win a championship, that pressure is going to go back to Anthony Edwards to be um, at least as good as those two. He doesn't have to become a top 10 player. He just has to join those two in being top 20 players. Um, and so yeah, that's where Tim Wolves fans should be asking the questions right now is who is Anthony Edwards um, and what is he going to become? Because that's a very, very wide range right now, right? We don't know. Is he going to be an elite role player? Is he going to be a top three player in the league? He's still got a wide range of variants right now. And as any second year player does. So, you know, as he heads into his third season here, he's who all eyes should be on. Rudy Gobert and Crowley Towns are who they are. And they're both absolutely elite basketball players, but you're not expecting either of those guys to, you know, jump in to be top 10 players anytime soon, right? They're top 10 to 20 players. And that's great for winning a championship, but they need Anthony Edwards to be a top 20 guy, not a top 40 guy. I think Tripp and I both both see a lot in Anthony Edwards. And I think, Tripp, you'd agree that we, we truly believe that Anthony Edwards this year kind of took it under the reins and showing people that, hey, this is, this is my team too, not just yep. Cats. And, and we saw him start to take that next step and, and – I really do believe Anthony Edwards next year. We could be talking about Anthony Edwards' team at the end of the year. What What do you think, Tripp, in the whole Anthony Edwards comparing it to Donovan Mitchell and, and how, like, Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards can coexist and everything like yeah. that? All things considered, I personally like Anthony Edwards a lot more than Donovan Mitchell. Um, obviously, Donovan Mitchell in the present moment is a better basketball player, but I, I think when you upside – Is that true? We could argue that for, like, half an hour if you want. We won't, but I'll just point out I don't know that's if that's glad true. You Okay, well, I appreciate you saying that because if I say it, people are like, well, you're a homer, you're a homer. But um, I, you could say he's better shirt, but I think just personality, style of play, like alpha, I just think Anthony Edwards, I think he's, I think the world of him, and I do think he has, if he can be better than Donovan Mitchell, which I think it, it, at least he's going to be, then there's no reason that the Wolves aren't better than the Jazz, who have been one of the best teams in the NBA recently. 
Because, like, what, Donovan's, like, 6'1", Anthony Edwards is 6'5", and 230 or something at his age, still can grow a little bit and has the defensive upside that maybe Donovan Mitchell didn't have. Who knows? Like, maybe Anthony Edwards can develop into a solid defender this year. Yeah. Uh, something that he probably, you know, Donovan Mitchell probably struggled as, as a defender. I'm sure you saw it a little bit, Cade, kind of leaving Rudy to pick up some pieces. Obviously, he's not as explosive right now uh, as Donovan Mitchell. I'm maybe the offensive end. Consistently, I should say. But, you know, I, I think the Timberwolves kind of have, like I said, you can relate. You can see the two that, you know, Anthony Edwards could be a, potentially a better version of, of the Donovan Mitchell next to him. And then let's mention on top of that, let's, I know it's obvious, but let's at least mention that regardless of what Anthony Edwards is and Rudy Gobert's Rudy Gobert, you guys have Carl Anthony Towns, and we didn't have that. Like, if Anthony Edwards is as good as Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert is still Rudy Gobert, that's already a huge gap right there. Carl Anthony Towns is better than, you know, I guess Mike Conley is would have been our one-year example. We had, you know, one-year good year from Mike Conley. That That's already a huge advantage right there. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is great. And I know everyone listening knows that, but we got to point that out in this conversation. It's an underlooked piece for sure. And I think one thing that people are get scared with, with the trade that happened is like, oh, Rudy Gobert's 30, blah, blah. But it's like his style of play, his athleticism, the shape he keeps himself in. I mean, is there any reason? He's not getting be- shorter and he's not losing his wingspan. Yes. Yeah, so is there any out. reason to believe that he's even remotely close to not being, you know, in his prime, I don't think so. Just based off the type of frame and style of play he has, I don't think it's like, oh, we got him at the end of his prime. Is that pretty fair to say? No, he's nowhere near the end of his prime. I mean, let me rephrase that. Every single player in the NBA is one week from being out of their prime, right? You never actually know. But I have never seen a player in my 25 years of watching jazz basketball since I was born keep themselves in better shape than Rudy Gobert. That guy, first of all, he just likes looking sexy. Go follow him on Instagram. You'll see all his shirtless pics, right? Um, he's a huge, huge boxer too. He loves boxing. Um, but so that's just his personal life. He loves being in shape. But the way he plays, how many times he has to come up to a screen, both offensively and defensively. I mean, when he was on the Jazz, he was coming up and setting a screen on offense two or three times a possession. And you don't notice that when you're just casually watching a game. But if you watch Rudy Gobert run from the rim to the three-point line, to the rim to the three-point line, to the rim to the three-point line, that takes a lot of energy. And so I wouldn't have zero concerns about Rudy Gobert being in shape in the next 10 years. That guy takes care of his body as well as any player in the league. Um, He has no real injury concerns. I mean, he tore his calf, was out three weeks this year. He had a small knee injury like five years ago. But for the most part, he plays every game. He takes care of his body. Could he get old tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Any NBA player over 30 can. But I would be relatively surprised if he wasn't in his prime until he's at least 34, 35. Yeah, he seems like the way that he – the style of defense he plays, he doesn't really, like, bang up with guys all the time. He He's really good at positioning his body when I watch his film, how he goes for – like, how he goes and approaches angles and everything. So, like, what can you tell us on, on that aspect of him just – you know, keeping his body, um, you know, not from taking a beating, but also playing great defense. Yeah, you know, the game's a lot different than it was 20 years ago. You don't have to guard the Carl Malones and Patrick Ewings and, you know, these big Shaq, right? These big centers that will just drain you over the course of the game. Rudy Gobert's defensive game is a lot of agility. It's a lot of 
I want to say quickness because he's not fast. He's, you know, seven one and huge, but he's really agile and quick on his feet um, in terms of his rhythm as he backtracks and guards the perimeter and whatnot. Um, yeah, he won't, he's not putting himself in positions to get hurt. He's not putting himself in positions to wear down his body. He, I mean, you want to talk about really nitty gritty nerdy stuff. Rudy Gobert's ability to take advantage of angles, both defensively and offensively when setting screens is one of the reasons he's an elite basketball player. And with that comes health and a longer career and a longer prime. I think with the, the screen setting, we haven't really had that in Minnesota. And, and Trip, you can you can probably allude to this too because uh, we've agreed on this before. We we really haven't had like a phenomenal screen setter, and that's one thing Rudy Gobert can really bring to the Timberwolves, and something that we've like begged Carl Anthony Towns to do for years. So I'm uh, like Trip's the biggest Angelo Russell fan you you can probably find on the planet. So just having a guy who can set screens and play in the pick and roll with D'Angelo Russell, Trip, what do you think of that? I think it's going to be a lethal pairing because D'Angelo Russell's the fourth best player on your in your in your lineup. I mean, you know, you're not asking him to be the the guy. You're not asking him to be the second guy. You're also not even asking him. He is literally on any given night the fourth best person in the lineup, maybe fifth if Jaden McDaniels is having a great game or just continuing to come into his own. So to me, that I mean, D'Lo hasn't played like with with a guy of this caliber that plays to his strengths ever. Yes, he had that year in Brooklyn with uh, Jared Allen, but that's, that guy's not, he's good. Very good player. No disrespect. Very good, but not in the same stratosphere as Ruby Gobert. So I would expect the spacing, everything's just going to open up for this team where D'Lo doesn't have to take a thousand shots and be inefficient. Um, and I would expect that Gobert's going to, you know, he had Conley, um, you know, but I, 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 I do think, and I'm not saying, you know, D'Lo is, is who he is, but I think D'Lo's strengths play well to Gobert's um, in, a, in an incredible way that I think is really going to yeah, – and it's hard to say unlock anything with Rudy Gobert because he is so good already, but it, I certainly think it's going to unlock a few things for D'Lo. Well, Tim Connolly said that, didn't he, that they thought they could unlock some things from Rudy Gobert that the Jazz didn't necessarily do. I will say I think D'Angelo Russell, who, by the way, big fan too. I'm an Ohio State guy, so all for D'Lo. Um, but I think this – D'Angelo Russell is probably the second best playmaker Rudy Gobert has ever played with. I think he's just slightly above Conley. He's way ahead of Donovan Mitchell. Um, Ricky Rubio and Rudy did really, really well together because, you know, Rubio is just amazing and does what he does. Um, That's who Ricky Rubio is. And so I think, yeah, D'Angelo Russell is the biggest beneficiary here because I think it was, it was not only a question, I think it was pretty obvious last year. D'Angelo Russell was not good enough to be the second or third best player on a legit playoff team, right? right. And now you don't need him to be that. Now you need him to be the, the third best player at the beginning of the season and easily slide back to be the fourth best player as Anthony Edwards continues to continues to grow. Um, and that just takes a lot of pressure off D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell will get the easiest shots of his entire career playing next to Rudy Gobert. I know it's cliche. I know it's boring. I know our some of our media guys, specifically the Jazz Radio announcer, has made it a meme of screen assist, screen assist, screen assist, and it's turned into a running joke, and it is a joke. I'm not here to tell you to count Rudy Gobert triple doubles with screen assist. Don't do that. Like, stop it. But it does impact winning basketball games, and that Anthony Edwards-Rudy Gobert combo and that D'Angelo Russell-Rudy Gobert combo is going to really help unlock the Wolves' offense, um, both inside and out. That's where a lot of the Jazz spacing comes from. It's not elite three-point shooting. It's crap, we have to stop Rudy Gobert at the rim. We can't guard the rim and three-point shooters. Yeah. 
So speaking of, of the pick and roll then, when Carl Towns is playing out there with, you know, the starting fives out there, so you got D'Angelo Russell, you know, Anthony Edwards, Carl Towns, Jaden McDaniels playing alongside of him. How do you think they're going to fit on the floor? Is Carl Towns going to pick and pop? Or are you going to have D'Angelo Russell shredding the pick and roll? Is he going to be a lob threat? Like how does the spacing, how does everything work? What's going to be different than the Jazz team? I think one thing that's different from the other 29 teams in the league is just Carl Anthony Towns is one of the biggest, best guards this league's ever seen. Like, he's a center. I get that. But he's the best big man three-point shooter of all time, right? Um, mm-hmm. Drives more than any big man we've really ever seen. Like, he's basically this genius seven-foot guard, um, which has so many advantages. And people, as I said, people are going to be like, two centers, how is the spacing going to work? Spacing comes from screens, comes from ball movement, comes from collapsing the defense and putting him in recovery mode. And Rudy Gobert and Carnathan Towns are going to be able to take advantage of that so well. I don't know how teams are going to be able to guard Rudy Gobert at the rim and guard Carnathan Towns at the three-point line. If D'Angelo Russell Anthony Edwards gets an advantage and kicks it out to Cat and Cat's attacking from the three-point line, you're just not going to stop that very often. And then on top of that, you have the greatest lob threat in NBA history underneath the basket. So the one minor thing I'd be worried about is, is Carl Anthony Towns a good enough playmaker to average an extra half assist this season, you know, and just dump offs to Rudy Gobert, that kind of stuff. But other than that, I, I love like, and I'm not saying this as biased. Like I really do analyze the game from as neutral perspective as possible. I love the Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert combo on the court offensively and defensively. I think it's going to work super, super well because there's just no way to stop Carl Anthony Towns when you can't leave the center to help at all. And and I think you will be able to find that extra half assist because it, it's, to the naked eye, you might not see it, but anyone that watches every Wolves game, you'll know that Cat is a very underrated passer. He has really good vision, um, and he can distribute the ball really well. So I do think that, that, that he, he, you know, it's like you said, like how, how are you going to guard or how are you going to play these two big guys together? Well, let me ask you this. How, how are you going to, guard two seven footers when you're playing small ball right it's 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 the devil's advocate thing of like well yeah you can't just play two centers okay well if you're gonna go small and we go big let's see who wins the battle well and the other thing is i mean currently towns isn't throwing lobs to jared vanderbilt like jared vanderbilt was very effective in the dunker spot right he's not seven one with a seven ten wingspan that can just go up and catch any lob it's more dump offs it's more drop offs that kind of stuff Um, And when you have that vertical threat of just, hey, just throw it towards the rim and let Rudy do his thing. I mean, that's it's a completely different ballgame with all due respect to Jared Vanderbilt, who we're excited to have in Utah. Yeah. And on top of that, like like we said, we we're also have Anthony Edwards, right? You have Jaden McDaniels, who's shown flashes of being a a really solid three point shooter towards the end of the season, had a really good stint in the playoffs. So they have guys around it. There's threats all over the floor and potential for the Minnesota Timberwolves and Rudy Gobert to fit. Give him the spacing he needs. Have the lob threat. And not only in the starting lineup, I think another guy who Tripp and I have really brushed on having, who's going to benefit uh, you know, the most by having Rudy Gobert is going to be Jalen Noel coming off the bench. That man is phenomenal in the pick and roll. And now he's moved into – a huge piece off our bench because of the Malik Beasley being moved to you guys. And so Jalen Noel is finally going to get 20 to 23 minutes a game. 
And um, I don't know if, if you're familiar with his game at all, Cade, but this man is is more than deserving of it. And Jalen Noel is a fan favorite here. And I think he's an absolute six-man Jordan Clarkson kind of player for the Timberwolves. Yeah, and so if I can go back and wrap around a little bit too, I was talking about Rudy Gobert playing three stints, you know? And so his middle stint around the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, same for third, fourth, they kept him with Mike Conley. It was him and Mike Conley who'd played the three cents. And then you have a guy like Jordan Clarkson, a guy like Jalen Noel and some other shooters around him. Um, and so I just really think that that's just going to be so successful for the Wolves. Um, in my research, I've noticed if you want to win basketball games, the best way to do that is give yourself a chance to win all 48 minutes. If you feel like you can win the first minute of the game, and you feel like you can win the second minute of the game, and you feel like you can win the 47th minute of the game, the 48th minute of the game, then throughout just the law of large numbers, just as you play 48 minutes, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. And the ability to let D'Angelo Russell play three stints with Rudy Gobert and then a guy like Jalen Noel off the bench, I just don't see a single second throughout a healthy Timberwolves game where they're not going to be the better team, um, or at least neutral at worst. And, you know, if you're neutral for 24 minutes and you're the better team for 24 minutes, that's a win. And, you know, that's the Wolves are just so deep and so well constructed right now that they're going to have a lot of success this season because of guys like Jalen Noel, Bryn Forbes, Kyle Anderson coming off the bench and be able to fill in some of the holes that the starting lineup might have. Yeah, Kyle Anderson, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns are going to be those three, along with Jaden McDaniels. I mean, you're looking at potentially having size coming off the bench where it's just you're always going to be playing big against teams. You're always going to be forcing opponents to try to match up against us in Minnesota. I think the Kyle Anderson signing is is massive. A lot of Timberwolves fans are going to fall in love with that player. But uh, th those players are going to be uh, – and not only that, they have Austin Rivers they signed at, at the end of the bench. So you just have a really deep team, like you said, and it's constructed really well. It shows the compliment. It shows how highly Tim Conley speaks of Rudy Gobert and Chris Finch that they really believe uh, that this can work. And so I I'm super excited. Trip. Um, what do you um, – what do you think of kind of like how Rudy Gobert and, um, you know, the bench are going to work? Because we've talked about the starters. I just want to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of depth on this team, a lot of defense. I mean, Kyle Anderson's a very good defender. Rudy Gobert with the bench, very good defender. Um, there's just a lot more defense to go around than we're used to. And I think, yeah, like the Jalen Noel-Rudy Gobert pairing off the bench is going to be very underrated. Um, Torian Prince can certainly get his spot off the bench, you know, um, I just think, yeah, I mean, imagining Rudy on the come, you know, playing with playing with the bench unit is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's kind of it's it's just impossible to even put into words because it's just we've never had a player like this that that really compliments Cat in, in, in this way. Um, you hope Anthony Edwards will, too. But I mean, yeah, I just I don't even know what to say. It truly, I mean, I'm just it, it seems like this team isn't real. Yeah, it almost seems like a team that you would you would design on an NBA 2K and have out there running with two guys that are out there. I think Carlton Towns has really come out and say, even recently, he just had his extension, had his media day a couple of days back, and he, he talked about how, you know, my weaknesses are, are Rudy Gobert's strengths and, and Rudy Gobert's weaknesses are my strengths and how they can play together. Um, we've kind of gone over that a lot, but, um, you know, something that, I've just been curious about, I'm sure Minnesota Timberwolves fans are curious about besides just 
that phenomenal play on the basketball court. Uh, Rudy Gobert, we hear stories about him being, you know, a phenomenal person on and off the floor. What can you really tell us about what we're going to expect from Rudy Gobert as just a human being? Oh, Rudy's awesome. Um, he'll take care of the community as well as any player you've ever had. Um, he does it in a very quiet way. He's not going to be the player get handing out shoes, signing everyone autographs, all that fun stuff, an hour before tip-off, all that fun stuff. He does that stuff a little bit. He's not going to be in the spotlight like that. Off, in terms of that kind of stuff, it's really quiet things. Um, you'll have a kid in Minnesota die of cancer put up a GoFundMe and all of a sudden you'll just be going through the donations and there'll be Rudy Gobert with $10,000, right? Or there'll be, we had a guy here um, with a medical disorder in Utah, um, grew out of control, just kept growing and growing and growing. Long story short, he ends up being like seven, four, like 14 years old. Um, You know, not very privileged. Um, Some issues there. Can't find clothes or shoes at all because, you know, he's seven, four, right? Where are you going to go find size 22 shoes? And Rudy Gobert calls him and says, hey, man, I got 20 pairs of shoes for you and a whole bunch of clothes for you. Like, just come pick them up. Things like that where it's very personal. It's very helping one-on-one. And it's very under the radar of just, this is just the right thing to do. So I'm just going to do it and help a guy out. It's not in your face. It's not, oh, here, I'm going to go have this signing event and have a 1,000 fans come and do this. And then Rudy also has his uh, charity Um a lot of money donated. I think he donates a thousand dollars per block throughout the season and some other things. So you'll get a good, good catch of that. And that's a little bit of more PR stuff, but just under everything, just the little things you'll see throughout the city and just the stories you'll hear. You'll just hear stories along the grapevine from other Wolves fans. Um, we'll really learn how great of a person Rudy Gobert is to individuals. Yeah. And that's super important because obviously the community is huge. Carlton Towns is big in the community. So I know it's really important to him. And so um, he's won some awards for doing some stuff, especially with his uh, recent work uh, on the COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, yeah, you see, everything you hear about Rudy Gobert has been, has been great. And a lot of things we've been finding out over the last couple or, you know, month or so here about Rudy Gobert. And I think all Timberwolves fans are super excited. The last thing I, I really wanted to just ask uh, both of you on the podcast today before we kind of wrap things up. Uh, what is your, I'll start with you, Cade. What's your going to, what's your official record prediction and where the Timberwolves are going to come in um, in the West this year? This year. So every, look, there, there's offensive rebounding and turnovers are important. Um, 80% of basketball games are won by, did you make more shots than your opponent? Was your true shooting percentage better than your opponent? I'm not sure there's many players in the NBA more impactful on that than Rudy Gobert. Um, When a player has a 70 true shooting percentage and the player next to him has a 65 true shooting percentage in Carl Anthony Towns, that's just a lot of, that's just such a high floor um, right there. You know, you're getting 35, 40 possessions at 67 true shooting percentage combined, right? You're just not going to lose those games. Flip the side, Rudy Gobert is, you know, top three defender of all time. Um, you're just not going to lose a lot of games. I love the fit everywhere. We could do a five-part podcast if we wanted on how great this fit is. I'm all in on the Wolves this year. I'm heading over to – I live in Salt Lake City, so we don't have any gambling here, one of only two states where we can't gamble at all. But we have a town about an hour and a half that's literally six inches into the Nevada border. I'm going out there next week. I'm putting a whole bunch of money on the Wolves. 
for different things. I love Chris Finch as coach of the year. I love Rudy Gobert as defensive player of the year. I think the Wolves finished 60 and 22. Ooh. I think they're the number one seed in the West. Um, and I think they probably fall in six or seven games in the Western Conference Finals to the Clippers. That would be my way out there kind of bolder prediction. You know, I, I think there's not playoff concerns. It's Rudy Gobert, Anthony Towns, and whatnot, but there's still a lot of young guys on this team. They're capable of winning a championship this year. I don't think they're going to win the championship this year, but I think they have a legit chance to get the Western Conference Finals. And I think just the regular season floor raiser, Rudy Gobert, is 60 wins and the number one seed is very, very much on the table. Wow. Wow. You heard it. 60 wins from Cade and Trip. What's your optimistic uh, prediction of the Minnesota Timberwolves season this year and where they where they'll finish? Well, I certainly appreciate that prediction because I get a lot of people DMing me telling me I'm a homer and you are not a Timberwolves fan, so that's no. refreshing. Um, no, you're a division rival. I hope you guys. I mean, and we have your first round pick. I hope you go 20 and 62. <laughs> like I'm cheering against you every game this year. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I um. I don't want to put a number on it, but I would say that I would be very disappointed if they win less than 50 games. I will just say that comfortably. 50 50 wins is a benchmark that needs to be met, in my opinion. Where do you think they're going to place, though, in the West? Oh, I would expect top four. I'm trying to be as realistic as possible because I've been known to get overly excited over every transaction this team has ever made. But, um, well, this one's different. This one's different. I'm not used to this, though. It's just... yeah, it's tough. I, I would say at least top – they're a top four seed in the West, in my opinion, which is to Timberwolves fans, that would be a awesome feeling. So it doesn't sound like a lot maybe as a Jazz fan who's used to some one seeds, but um, – uh, We had the one, and that ended up being the worst season of fandom we've ever had. Yeah, but at anyway. least it got – yeah, well, I would expect top four seed. I'll say that. I would hope for better, but I'm trying to just temper my expectation. Until I see it on the floor, I'm just trying to be like, okay. Top four seed, I'll be happy. Here's the thing with the, the Wolves fans got to remember. If Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert goes down for three or four months with a serious injury, you're still going to be a top six seed because the Wolves will still be great with Car- without Carl Anthony Towns and they'll still be great without Rudy Gobert. As long as, I mean, if they miss the playoffs, you know, if you have a big injury in the playoffs, you're out. That, that's how life works, right? But if Carl Anthony Towns goes down with a knee injury in November and is out till March you're still going to be right there for the 6-7 seed and have no issues once they get back. And that, to me, is where the exciting thing is. It's fun to chase the one seed, but the floor on this team is just so high that 50 wins is, you know, 50 wins is the minimum, assuming even below average health. That It's just that exciting of how this team's put together. I like it. Yeah, I think I saw, like, Bet Online has the Timberwolves at 48 wins. Smash the over. <laughs> which is insane. Free you money. just hit the over in free money. Another camera where it was, but I saw another site has them at 49 and a half. And it's just, once again, you smash the over. I think the, the Timberwolves are going to have a great year. My prediction, I'm, I'm putting them at the three. They're going to finish third in the West and uh, probably around 55 games. Um, I think they're going to win 55 games, 56, 56, somewhere around there. Okay, Rudy Gobert hasn't won under 50 wins, adjusting the 72-game seasons to 82 since, you know, in six years. And this is the best team he's ever played on. Wow. At worst, this is as good as a team as the number one seed, right? Carlton Towns is better than Donovan Mitchell. Anthony Edwards is more exciting than Mike Conley. I just don't see a way this fails. People are getting all worked up on the X's and O's on the court, 
And after watching Rudy Gobert for nine years, I just don't see the big concerns. Um, 48 wins would be the worst season of Rudy Gobert's prime career. And yeah, I don't know. I just can't get on board with that. I think we're just so used to Minnesota having so many years of, of being irrelevant in NBA and always saying, well, we hope this guy develops and we hope this draft pick develops that we're not really used to that and that consistency and what you really saw. And, and we, we really haven't seen too many players make that huge, you know, do everything that makes the team better around them besides than just maybe putting 20 points a game and being just an offensive talent or something like that. Um, we're not used to that in Minnesota. So finally having a player that it's probably the closest thing defensively we've ever had since Kevin Garnett, uh, but somebody who can really raise the floor of the team. We're, we're just not used to that in Minnesota. So, I'm really excited to really see it come to life. And I wish the preseason could come sooner. I wish training camp could come sooner and we could get out to October and really dive into the season. But the Minnesota Timberwolves are no doubt going to be national TV favorites. They should get a lot of games this year. And I'm excited. I'm excited where things are going in Minnesota. Anything else you want to say, Trip or, or Kay, before we wrap it up here? Can I ask you one more question on our way out? Let's do it. Give me a percentage of the odds that you think Rudy Gobert gets his jersey retired in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, man. Depends. He, he'd have to be here for a while. I mean, I'd put it at 100 that it gets retired in Utah. but uh, Yeah, oh, it's getting retired here. You sign a third contract, you're good. Yeah. Um, I would say if, if, we get, if we can make a run and then win a championship, I think a lot of, a lot of jerseys are getting retired. Uh but if yeah, if we go to the finals, I'd put it at like ninety-five percent. I agree about finish out the contract, maybe sign a year or two more, sleep so plays about the next five, six years in Minnesota and gets gets to the finals, gets to a Western Conference finals once, a championship uh finals once, and obviously if he wins a title at all in Minnesota, he's he's gonna get his jersey retired. So I'll put it at I'll put it pretty high. I'm confident Rudy Gobert and Carnes and Towns are going to work. I really do feel like they're going to be great together. So I'm going to put it at a – I'm going to match you. I'm going to put it at 95% that his jersey will be retired in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean this in the most respectful way. But, like, if they go to the Western Conference Finals this year, then Rudy Gobert is tied for the all-time franchise lead in Series 1, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that is true. I mean that in the most respectful way possible. But if he comes in and – if you don't win a championship, I mean, if he comes in in four years and wins two defensive players of the year, makes a couple all NBA teams and wins three playoff series, like, yeah, you didn't win a championship. But that's the most successful Wolves era of our, all time, probably. And that's yeah. just super fun on its own. Like, it's good to chase a championship, but even the floor of winning a couple playoff series is something the Wolves have never had. And I think that has a lot of value. Um, and that should be exciting. Like, I don't mean that as a, cheap shot like haha you guys haven't had really any success but you're about to have a really really fun four years definitely uh, and enjoy it we definitely will uh it's been great having you on kate uh, trip um it's been great having you on as my co-host as always you can find us at the daily wolves on twitter at not d wolfson and and kate where can they find you one more time just for the listeners at McCade P8, it's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. If anyone has any questions about Rudy Gobert on or off the court, feel free to hit me up. Love it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.